0: Welcome to Reddit Reads, r slash pro revenge. Our first Reddit post is from livingbench6371. They kicked out my sister-in-law when she came out, so I forced them to sell the same house. My sister-in-law came out as a trans woman when she was 18. My wonderful-in-laws kicked her out of the house then and there. They told her to leave the house and threw her out at 8 p.m. with no money or even any documents, and her father took the car keys from her, too. She had to walk eight miles to get to our place. She was crying and we took her in. This is horrible behavior but my husband, and I would have just cut them off if it was all they did, but they doubled down. They refused to hand over any of the documents, and my brother-in-law had to go over and barge into their house to get them. They also cleaned up all the money in a joint account. She had saved up Ike working part-time all through high school. They took the money and also sold her car, which was in their name. They were trying to ruin her life as much as they could. My father-in-law is a small-time businessman, and his biggest account was supplying my employer. I had helped him get the contract, and it was very lucrative for him. My employer was iFamily Business, and they treated long-term employees more like family than as employees. I was talking to my boss about what happened. He told me that if I could find someone within five range of the price my father-in-law offered, they would make the switch. My father-in-law offered us really great rates. He was very good at his job, but he had fucked up the contract, because even though we always brought from him, it took me six months of painful searching to find a supplier who could replace him and get us great rates. This was not a major part of my duties, and I had to put in way more hours than normal to find the damn supplier, but when I did find them, I waited for a month before informing my boss. Seeing my in-laws had been planning to do major renovation for a long time, and it involved tearing down a major portion of their house. I waited until the renovation work had truly started before informing my boss. We started to get supplies from the new supplier the next month itself. It crushed his business. It fucked his unit economics, and he had to scramble to find new customers. They ended having to sell their house to save the business, and they didn't get a good rate for it, because the house was well half torn down when they sold it. My in-laws did try to get money from my brother-in-law, but he told them to fuck off. My father-in-law is a decent businessman, and he did crawl his way out of the hole they dug for themselves, but even eight years later, they still haven't bought a new house. I have heard they are still sour about what happened. I mean, I was just doing my job, and if they had just kicked her out, they would still have the house. Me too, I missed a few words. This comment is from Janicole. I think some parents don't actually love their child, but rather an idea of a child. If the living, breathing kid doesn't conform to that idea, they get mad and feel betrayed. This comment is from Big Bad BigBadBooJimin. As a father, I really don't understand how you can suddenly be so awful to your child after they tell you something that is completely out of their control. How does that even work? Do you instantly stop loving them? This comment is from 3437. As a dad who went through exactly this, I can tell you that the tears are natural. It involves what you think of at the time as the rejection of who they are. I was terrified, but in the end I realized that most of the tears were just a fear of the unknown. E how the fuck do I explain this to all the people who will eventually ask and put on a good face, because the truth is that I don't gaff what they think either. I just want my kid to feel whole and love. Counseling for me put my head straight. And the bottom line is my kid is the one who has to live their life, not me. And as you said, I just can't imagine a world where I'm not supporting my child. We're a package deal. Our next reddit post is from Tremendithagreet. Friend Crank called me at my job, so I had him served with a fake paternity suit at his. Ten years ago, a friend of mine, Crank, called me several times, in my office over the course of a day. I decided in that moment that one, this would not stand, and two, rather than entering into a long, protracted quagmire of a prank war, I would use the nuclear option and end it immediately. My friend Mike was a well-known local bartender. I worked at the same bar as a bouncer, and he was very much enjoying single life at the time, facts which I knew I could take advantage of. Soon a plan began to form I would have him served with a fake paternity suit while he was working at the bar. So I compiled a ton of free online legal documents, not just for the paternity suit, but also income disclosure forms, statements of parental rights, and suggested visitation schedules, pending demonstrable proof of sobriety. I filled out all the forms, then smeared what looked like data received stamps as proof they had been filed and ran copies, to make those stamps even more illegible. From there, I crafted a backstory to be included in a cover letter from the fictional mother's fake law firm the nearby City Family Law Center on Letterhead and All. The mother was an Irish exchange student visiting the area the previous summer. She had only been with Mike so she knew the baby Eliza was his. The cover letter encouraged Mike to call during regular office hours to discuss arranging a DNA test to affirm paternity. I set up a generic voicemail for the number listed as the office on the letterhead. By the end, the paperwork was somewhere between 20-25 pages. I enlisted another friend not known by Mike to serve the documents and instructed him to do so around ten on a Saturday evening. I told him to keep the interaction very simple. I wasn't able to be by the back bar, because I knew I would be laughing too hard. But based on eyewitness reports, it played out like this. Friend, are you Mike? Last name, Mike, yes, friend, Michael. Middle name, last name, Mike, yes, friend drops. Folder on bar, Mike, what's that friend paternity suit? You've been served, turns around, and immediately walks out of the bar, Mike, yeah, that sounds about right. Mike read through the packet. Shackley poured himself several drinks and then ran over to the bar owner, who was aware of the prank, to ask what to do. He also called the number on the letterhead, but sadly did not leave a voicemail. After a solid ten minutes of intense psychological revenge, the owner finally told Mike he should closely read the last page of the packet. On it, in size 2 font, it read, Go Fuck Yourself, Mike, at which point Mike ran to the front door and punched me in the chest. Epilogue, several months later, Mike was on a trip across the country. He had left his car at home with his mom. Mike, for some reason, kept the paternity suit paperwork in his driver's side door. During the course of the car wash, his mother found it and, read the entire thing then, called him sobbing in the middle of the night asking why he hadn't told her about her bastard Irish granddaughter. This comment is from D-O-N-T-M-E-S-S-W-I-T-H-M-Y-C-A-T. That epilogue, though. Oh, do you think he was frantically trying to explain, or he was just laughing his ass off on how incredible this revenge was? This comment is from Tremendithagreet. After figuring out why she was frantically sobbing, he eventually calmed her down. She didn't believe him the first few times. He explained that the baby wasn't real. I met her for the first time about eight years later at his wedding. She held a grudge. This comment is from Tashkaira. Petty revenge served pro. Me likey. The fact he dealt himself an extra serving of the revenge is icing on the cake. Our next Reddit post is from Axelriff. Client tried to screw me by locking me out of my own system. Edit. Since so many people assume this happened in the States, I just wanted to say that I'm from a small country in Europe. The laws and regulations here are different than in the States. We have a government agency here that has everything to do with registering companies, and they do keep track. If you are a serial startup guy who leaves nothing but burnt ashes behind you, you cannot do it here. You have to register the owner and members of the board of the company if there is one. If you have a prior history of failed companies or you've broken the law in some regard, you are blacklisted at that establishment. First post, so be gentle with me. I've worked as an independent contractor in the field for over 20 years, doing all manner of things from creating simple HTML sites to managing a big hotel's complete IT infrastructure. One of the many clients I had back in the day I was coding biggish custom websites was a rental company. Now, I had heard a lot of warnings about not working with this guy that owned it. He had a reputation that he was sharp as a tack, backstabbing, and conniving. He was a lawyer after all, so I went into the partnership with that in mind. He wanted a new website for his renting gig, Where people would list their home for rent, renters would sign up and pay a subscription to the site, and he would get the whole lot. Nothing out of the ordinary there. So we make a pretty good deal on paper. We sign it, and I get started on the project. Coding everything in PHP goes well, but he demands suddenly that I show him progress only a week into the progress. He wants to see the website front now. This is just the tip of the iceberg. I tried explaining to him that the front-end work is scheduled to start until after six weeks of back-end programming and that I only had pure code to show right now the contract we signed clearly states this. He then gets on his high horse and demands that I put everything on hold to do the front-end first, design and then program. I, being really young at the time and fairly naïve, agree to this without asking for it to be added to the contract as an addendum and start working on the design now. Now, the contract stated that I was given free reign of the design decisions as long as I maintained the same Kohlershem and used the same logo on the site. So I make a fast draft in Fireworks This Was Back, as not impressed and demands a different direction and sets up a list of demands. I, as always, aim to please the customer and do just what he wants. I design a new layout with his list of demands, but he doesn't like that either. That's how the next three months go, a never-ending circle where he is never happy with anything. Now, close to four months into the project, he demands to see a working showcase of the back-end. I point out that he himself changed the order in how the project was being done and had demanded that I do the front-end design first instead of the back-end, as stated in the contract, which he now turns on me and says, yes, the contract we both signed says you will have a working if you don't honor that I will have to take my business elsewhere and seek compensation for your lack of professionalism. Oh, I now have 12 days to do a back-end for the site, so I get a friend to help me, and we work tirelessly through a weekend and I have a good base to work from in nine days. Mind you, at this point he has only paid the security on the contract, about five of the total price, and has shielded himself. Remembering now all the warnings, I had heard about this guy, I decide to a special function to the code just to be safe more on that later. So, now it's the end of the month. We have a front-end design he is okay with a back-end, that has been finished to about 85 of what is required according to the contract, and I still have one month left to finish everything else. Time for show and tell. Since I was working on this development, I was running it on my own dev server and showed him this in a browser on his computer. I mentioned to him that since I only had 512 vecbits upstream from the server, it might lag a little, but it walled when it would be put on the productional server he has his website on at his hosting company. He says that's okay, and the demonstration goes on. As I'm showing him the site, both front-end and back-end, I can see he's immensely happy with it, although he would never say so outload. He is trying to hide his smile that pops up regularly, and his eyes gleam, with all the added ways he can now start making money from. Anyway, he now says that it's way too slow, this is wrong, that is wrong blah blah blah. Client, I want you to put it up on my prod server and see how the speed is. Me okay, no problem I can make that happen. Please pay 50 of the contract and it'll get right on it. Okay, I wait a few days and then I get an email from him where he includes a forwarded message from the bank detailing a transaction from him to me to the amount of the 50 I asked for. So I push the system to his prod server so he can take a look at it under beta. His domain. Told I then send him an email stating that he can try the system with the supplied credentials. What he doesn't know is that I knew he had been fishing around for another programmer to do this project to pick up from a lazy deadbeat who can do anything right. So I knew he would most likely try to screw me. What I also suspected was that the email he sent me with the transaction proof was a fake. Which it ended up being. Pro Revenge 1. Remember that small function. I mentioned well what it did was if user X his user tries to remove user Y my admin from the system without one setting being changed in the config first, the system will first delete and purge the database and then remove all the documents in the web root. Well, not five minutes after he reads the email from me, he does just that. He tries to delete my admin user from the system to lock me out. Yes, who has nothing of the project left he does. Pro Revenge 2. Since it is considered forgery to spoof an email, specially from a bank, I sent the information to the authorities and he goes under investigation by both the police and the bank lawyers. Pro Revenge 3. I sold the system to a competitor of his for a better price than originally contracted to him and last I knew he was now blacklisted from owning a company as well as he lost his right to work as a lawyer. I only got that five he paid at the beginning, and for working for just over five months on this project that is hardly anything. But the knowledge of his demise will keep my heart warm for the rest of my life. This comment is from Gareth Dighty Five. I have never understood why people are like that boggles my mind. Great revenge, by the way. This comment is from Jonas Smithsoner. And what kind of lawyer is stupid enough to forge a bank transaction? That's your law license right there. Some people have their heads so far up their own as they think they can go around lying to and defrauding people willy nilly and noon will ever catch on or realize what they're up. This comment is from General 656. Jesus man, that's some fucked up shit. The reason of working with bad, cheap clients in my country is the reason I'm not working full stack as a freelancer anymore. People expect you to work for pennies because they have no idea how much work you put into, and they think all you do is just a website man, everyone has one. Like I could be spending six months setting up Elasticsearch database, a back end API, and business logic front-end UI UX design on a design tool like Figma, then write React for front-end, and I have to keep myself updated with all these tools and modules I use. But apparently all I do is just a website so it should cost 12ec for six months of very specialized work. Clients are dicks. That was Reddit Reads. Our slash pro revenge. If you like this content, please rate this podcast five stars. We upload new videos every day. See you tomorrow.